going to put this here to hopefully catch some of the comments. So, um, if it's comfortable for you, let's stand while we read the text. We're going to read verses 1 through 21 of John chapter 3. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Life has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. You can be seen. So I feel that's pretty pretty straightforward. Um, I think we can just move on to the next section if you guys want to. Now, um, if you're like me after reading through that, um, you kind of want to be sick whenever it's your turn to, to lead the discussion. But let's, um, uh, let's see what we can um, grapple with here and wrestle with uh, through this and maybe have some clarity and help each other. Uh, so what did you notice? What stood out to you as we read through the text there? Yeah. Two different births. Physical birth and a spiritual birth. Okay, two births. A physical and a spiritual. Good. Yeah, boy. I noticed that Nicodemus thinks he's in the kingdom, but he's not. 
Okay, Nicodemus and his position in the kingdom. That's, that's a good, uh, that's a really good observation. We'll, we'll come back to that uh, a little bit more in a minute, I think. Yeah, Nick? There's several things. One was um, that we have to be born of the water and the spirit. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Something good. else, though, is the idea of needing to be able to understand earthly things in order to understand spiritual things. I don't know if that's what Jesus was saying or if. Good, good. So, right, so being born of water and spirit and earthly and spiritual things, right? Good. Lloyd? So here's a man who's a ruler of the Jews, but he goes to Jesus and he sleeps at night, so he's recognizing that Jesus is teaching something that he doesn't know, and he wants to talk about it, but he doesn't want to be as Right, good, good. So let's 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 talk a little bit about Nicodemus then. Um, Lloyd pointed out that he is a Jewish ruler, a Pharisee, not just a Pharisee, but a Pharisee of the ruling council. So he would have been a prominent man, and he's coming to Jesus at night. And I think Lloyd used the word he's sneaking around at night to come to Jesus, right? Uh, what else? What else do you observe about Nicodemus? I think the, previous, the end of the previous chapter, that last verse, talks yes. about Jesus knows what's in the man, and then this man shows up. In fact, using the same word, a man. You know, here's a man. He didn't need a man, and now here's a man. And then he, interesting, Nicodemus shows up, and all he says is Rabbi, and Jesus immediately starts telling him what he needs to hear. Didn't even wait for the question. Right. Very good. Yeah. So let's connect those two thoughts. So Jesus, uh, the end of chapter 2 says, Jesus uh, would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. So taking that and saying, and knowing that Jesus knows what's in the heart of Nicodemus. He knows what's in his head, he knows what he's thinking. Um, and he still chooses to engage with Nicodemus. So I, I think maybe uh, Jesus, uh, maybe we can uh, infer that Nicodemus had pure, somewhat pure motives. Um, maybe he was sneaking around and not totally open. But Jesus was willing to engage in a discussion with this man. And then all um, Nicodemus says is, Rabbi... We know you're a teacher who's come from God. No one could perform the signs that you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus doesn't address any of that. He skips straight over anything that Nicodemus said, and he he says what is in Nicodemus' heart and what he needs to hear. And that is, oh, you want to be in the kingdom. And that's what Jesus uh, goes to. Any, any other thoughts surrounding that, Bob? I wonder sometimes what we attribute to the fact that he came by night is uh, playing on too much. Okay. Uh, 
you know, maybe that he came by night because that was the best time to catch Jesus to where he could ask the question. Okay, yeah. That's the possibility. We see in what Nicodemus says and Jesus' response, Jesus understands his heart, and I don't think he sees any evil in his heart like he might have if he was hiding around and speaking rain. Uh, you know, here's a, a Pharisee, likely what we would call a member of the Sanhedrin, a ruler of the Jews. Uh, Jesus referred to him as uh, the teacher of the Jews. Yeah. And this teacher of the Jews calls Jesus what? Right. Rabbi. Yeah. Now that is a special term and uh, a term of elevation. And so that shows, I think, is a picture of what is in the heart of this man who looks to Right. So, so again, we don't know what was in his heart. Was it admiration? And he just happened to, the nighttime was the best time for him to come. Um, I think I've heard people say that fairs or rabbis often study in, in the night together. Um, or is this a guy coming sneaking and um, also flattering? And kind of patronizing Jesus and saying, oh, Rabbi, uh, you're surely from God. How, how are you guys taking that, Micah? It seems like um, Jesus expects Nicodemus to understand what he's saying. Yes. But it also seems like Jesus is not speaking the way the Pharisees have been teaching. Very good. So there is a level of surprise that Nicodemus isn't right here with Jesus. I mean, he says, you, you're Israel's teacher and you don't understand these things. Right? Um, but, as also what Micah said was, Jesus also seems to be saying things a little differently than the Jews normally said that, that Chris... John seems to use the light and the dark quite a bit throughout the book, so there's something with that. I don't know what, what it means, but okay. in general, you have people that are in the light in the knowledge or in you know the kingdom and the dark and that would kind of fit with where Nicodemus is mm-hmm. right yeah uh, Mitch it was going to be a similar comment I mean in chapter in the prologue the uh, verse 9 of chapter 1 uh, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him uh, and then even in chapter 3, uh, later, uh, talks about, in verse 19, yes. the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light from their deeds were evil. Um, and like Chris said, throughout the book, we see this contrast between light and darkness. Right, yeah. Um, they didn't like the light because their deeds were evil, right? It's just interesting that that, he, that that would be said right after Nicodemus came at night and under cover of darkness, right? Um, it just seems too coincidental to me for it not to be connected. And, um, yeah, Naya. Nicodemus is not just a Pharisee. He's a ruler and a leader. He's called a ruler of the Jews and a leader of the Jews. So Nicodemus should be way ahead of 
the blind man on the street that he's going to heal. Or he, he should have knowledge of the prophets of old and everything. He should know all of that. So he should recognize him more so. So Jesus is just diving right into the heart stuff with him and saying, you've got to reform from the physical to the spiritual. This is happening to Very good, yeah. And um, there was a lot of prophecy about Jesus. There was a lot of, there was prophecy even of the Spirit, right? John's been saying, John the Baptist has been saying, I am a voice. You guys know to expect me. You should know. And they were looking for people. So it wasn't that they weren't looking. It wasn't that they weren't proclaimed. It wasn't there was a prophecy. There was no prophecy. All of that was there. So yes, Jesus had high expectations for Nicodemus and expected him to know what was going on and that there would be a spiritual component to this. But he doesn't seem to, to grasp that. But he... Okay. Okay. Good question. Right. Good question. What What do you guys think? Oh, sorry. The question was. Yeah. I guess you guys can't have very many thoughts beyond the question. The question was. Okay. So, should have Nicodemus known? about this rebirth. What in the Old Testament might point to being born again or anything like that that he would he would grasp? Or that Jesus would expect him to know? Boy? Ezekiel chapters 36 and 37 I think is what Jesus is referring back to. Okay, and what's in Ezekiel 36 and 37? Right. Right. So the spirit was was uh, prophesied about, and that there would be a new spirit that was put in man, um, uh, and a new covenant. Right. Um, that God would take would would replace uh, the heart of flesh, the heart of stone, and make it with a heart of flesh. Right. So um, all of those things are things that maybe aren't. Uh, born again or rebirth, but rather the fact that a spiritual component is going to come. Um, l- let me ask you this. What does birth have to do with the kingdom? Specifically, how about, let's start with this. What would uh, birth and the kingdom have to do, have to go together for a Jew? Bob? Right. Right. So they and and they claim that all the time. We are Abraham's children. You 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 can't take that away from us, right? Jesus is saying you must be born again, right? So not like you were born into the kingdom. You're born into the new kingdom as well. It's the same concept, only it's a little bit different. It's not of water or flesh, but rather spiritual birth, right? Okay, what else? Yeah, me. Yeah, I think one of the things is that maybe he should have gotten some of this from Jesus. 
Right. Yes. Turn over to John chapter 19. And it's verse 34, is that right? Okay, 39. That's right, yeah. So, 38. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, who, uh, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Right? Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, and they took Jesus' body, wrapped it with spices. Okay? So, here's another Jewish leader who was secretly a believer and he's with Nicodemus by the way who came at night is what Luke was pointing out so uh, the fact that Nicodemus came at night is an important point not because of uh, as Luke was saying the chronology of exactly when he came but what it meant to come at night okay So, continue, continue thinking about that. What, what other thoughts do you have about the text? Anything else that stood out to you that night? Uh, Nicodemus said to Jesus, um, come, you come from God, for no one else could do these signs. So, obviously, he's been seeing the signs and different things that Jesus has done and John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had explained to the, the Pharisees, to the Jews, at length, that Jesus, that he would be baptizing with water, but the one to come, who the Holy Spirit would descend upon, would be baptizing with the Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. So there, he should, he would have known there was going to be two different baptisms or words. Right, good. Okay. Um, so, uh, it's interesting that, um, Nicodemus came, and because he had heard of the signs that he said, what do we know about that he would, that he could have known about? What signs could have, could Nicodemus have known about? Water to wine, okay? Cleansing the temple. Cleansing the temple, right? The water to wine, I don't know that Nicodemus would have heard about, but I bet you he heard about the cleansing of the temple. Somebody came in and started cracking a whip at people and running everybody out of the temple, you know he would have heard about that. That's like Antonio Brown level right there, for those of you guys that know that, right? Okay, so uh, so yeah, he probably would have heard about that, and who knows what else Jesus has done 
that John didn't write about. We know there was a lot of that he didn't write about um, that he would have heard. Yeah, boy. unbelief or at least his skepticism and doubt in that he's saying um, hey uh, we we testify but you still don't believe you don't believe earthly things how can you believe spiritual things so and he's calling him out on that so um, more evidence that maybe, maybe Nicodemus is, is on the fence here um, and his rabbi nobody does what you're doing is maybe at least a little bit patronizing and flattering that was going to be a similar point to what I was going to answer to Vicky's question. Maybe Jesus is not necessarily saying that he should have known anything about this rebirth or this baptism, but the fact that he is not believing what Jesus is telling him. And that is the thing. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, for somebody that, that has seen, that heard the prophecy that there would be a Messiah, is looking for a Messiah, and has seen the signs. And still is coming at night. Yeah, right. Yeah, very good, yeah. So um, Nicodemus would have had at least known the story of the serpent being raised up in the wilderness in Moses' day uh, to heal people from the bites from other serpents, right? And however, three million people could look over and see a serpent raised up and be healed, Jesus is saying, planting this seed again, that he is going to be lifted up, right? And it's interesting so far, I've noticed every time uh, Jesus has a conversation, it seems like he mentions his death and the belief that will follow when that when that comes about. We saw that in chapter 2, now also in chapter 3. Um, yeah, 9. Nicodemus also said, we know that your teacher come from God. And so when he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, the again there, the Greek word is from above. Ah. So it's not just a physical, if you have to be born 
from above to be in the kingdom of the diamond. Right. Because in that is just a, a ruler or a, a realm. Very good, yeah. So the the word from born again, unless you be born again, that is born from above, right? Alluding to the spiritual nature. Who was born from above? Jesus. And he goes on to say, no one's been gone to heaven, but that he came from heaven. He was born of heaven. And he's saying, you must be born again as well, right? Roy? It's the same thing you told Peter. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Ah, very good. Yeah. Flesh and blood has not revealed these things to you, but the Father. Very good. Yeah, Luke? Yeah, there's an interesting reference in the Talmud to the Moses and the serpent story. They make a point. It's almost like, okay, guys, they're so close. They're making a balance point, but it applies to here. They said that, isn't it interesting that God wounds with the snakes, but you need to look at a snake to get healed? That's just kind of weird. And they make a point that sometimes God heals the same way He wounds. Oh, well, you think about perspective of crucifixion. Wow, that's 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 awesome. So, uh, did, did everybody hear that comment? Yeah. Um, well, at least for the recording's sake. So, Luke uh, was just saying that um, in the the rabbis made a, a note, a point about this that um, the same thing that was wounding and killing. Uh, God's people was lifted was the same thing that was lifted up to heal them and their big point was sometimes the thing that wounds you is also the thing that will heal you right so by his stripes we are healed by his wounds we are healed you see that overtone again God's plan just sprinkled and there for us to to see those promises Okay, anything else you want to bring up? Let's see. And if you have a comment, just shout it out. We'll see if there's anything else here. So, okay, yeah, John. Right, and the you for Nicodemus is also plural. So he's saying we and y'all, you know, y'all aren't understanding this. We we're saying this, and you all are not uh, believing. Right. So he's not just calling out Nicodemus; he's calling out Joseph of Arimathea and all the other rulers that are seeing the signs and still not believing. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, Bob. What things stands. Right. Yes. Yeah. And there's some question about exactly um, where Nicodemus stands in John chapter 19, uh, and maybe we'll probably obviously pick that back up uh, later, but. Is that another mention of Nicodemus secretly kind of getting in a little bit, just dipping his toe into Christianity? 
Uh, or is it that he's coming back and he is a believer and he's wanting to honor the the, the Messiah? Uh, yeah. Now, his questions here uh, to Jesus are alone. Uh, right. No doubt he is taking the body and preparing it for burial. Not something very well hidden. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Especially for Joseph and Mary. Right, yeah. Yeah, can be too hard on Nicodemus because he's coming from a worldly point of view, a Jewish right. point of view of looking for the Messiah to come. And that's no different from somebody today who's never heard the word of God and you try it's form when you speak to them in certain until you can grow them. So I have no reason to believe that Nicodemus isn't very sincere. And trying to learn what's going on here. Very good, yeah. And you know, we we are we only have you know a little bit of this conversation. We don't have voice inflection or body language to judge any of this, right? Um, so we're just. Uh, I think it's good to, to see this to and to you know take what we can from it, right? And and uh, try and infer. It is interesting to me. Um, that chapter, that uh, verse 14 and 15, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I would venture to say that anybody that sees that scripture held up at a uh, a, a sporting event was not thinking of the snake that was held up in the wilderness. I think I'm pretty safe to say that. But it's interesting to me that that verse falls on the heels of that that story, and Jesus calling to mind that. Um, and I didn't I didn't look into this, but um, for for those of you that have the red letter editions where it shows where Jesus was speaking. Um, it's interesting to me to 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 know if, if verse sixteen is definitely not Jesus and is John writing versus um, fourteen and fifteen and the, the previous. That's what Jesus is saying. I I don't know anything about that, but you guys, I, I'm the teacher and I'm asking you guys a question. But um, it's still red. It's still red in yours. So uh, verse sixteen is red in yours. Well, it's black in mine. So um, it makes sense that Jesus would say that, but uh, I guess the NIV uh, people didn't highlight it for us. Yeah, Joy. Okay, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Luke. Yeah, all it is that Greek doesn't have four marks, so right. Right, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Mitch? I find it interesting that, again, Nicodemus doesn't, doesn't necessarily ask the question. He says, Rabbi, um, you're doing, you've got to be for God. And then Jesus goes into, you must be born again, and that he's going to die on the cross. And then, 
my mind, that doesn't seem to be the next step that you would go in trying to teach someone that they need to be born again. Um, but that's exactly where he goes, and maybe that's something that I need to learn from this, is how closely him being raised on the cross needs to be connected to that being born again. Right, yeah, yeah, very good. So just the, the connection there of Jesus being raised and Nicodemus needing to be born again or born from above, born of the Spirit and not just resting in being born of Abraham's seed um, or, or the, the law and, and, and uh, all that goes with that, but rather being born of a spiritual kingdom. Right. He's helped because uh, Nicodemus should know this from Isaiah 53 and from Moses, from the old the old law and from the prophets. Because Isaiah 53 says he will come and be raised up. And, I mean, lifted right. on across the so Nicodemus should know all this. So he's telling, I'm God. Right, and the, the blind will see, the lame will be healed. Uh, oppressed will be set free, captive will be set free, right? Um, yeah, very good. Bob? It was mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, the mindset of the Jews was that the Messiah would come back and restore the physical kingdom. And that was the mindset of the community, as well as the disciples. Remember in Acts, the first chapter, in verse, uh, so when they come together, they ask him, Lord, will you at this time destroy the kingdom to Israel? So, right. he helped that view, and so did everybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they were definitely looking for a fleshly, earthly thing, and Jesus was trying to point out the spiritual thing. Everybody, including his disciples, had this problem between the physical and the spiritual. Sure, sure, yeah. So, um, one other thing. Uh, and then we'll, we'll finish out the chapter here. Um, so, um, Nicodemus comes at night. Uh, Jesus says you need to be born again. Um, he says uh, you need to understand the spiritual. Um, you need that uh, light has come into the world. But Nicodemus, people love darkness more than light. Um, because their deeds were evil... And everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Contrast that with 1 John chapter 1 verses uh, 6 through uh, 10. Read that with me. This is, this is some parallelism that I'll point out. I know we're not studying First John, but listen to this. First uh, John 1, verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in a light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. So walking in the darkness rather than in the light prevents you from being purified from all sin. Well, I think we get the meaning of that in the next two verses that are parallel. 
Verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So, verse 6 is parallel with verse 8. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, or, verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we walk in darkness, we claim to be without sin, um, we lie and do not live out the truth. In verse 6, in verse 8 it says, the truth is not in us. Then in verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, we'll walk in the light. He's faithful and just and will forgive our sins, right? Um, we have fellowship and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. So, um, 1 John is, a, is an enigma of a book to me. Um, we call it an epistle, it doesn't look anything like a letter. But if you compare, and we're going to try and do this as we go through it, compare what John wrote in his, in 1 John versus this gospel, you'll see a lot of the parallels. And was John hinting at Nicodemus loving darkness, um, and not confessing the sins, not, not saying freely that he does have sin, but pretending that he doesn't have sin, um, but even more so, that applies to us, right? Um, we like to live in the darkness. We don't want to be exposed. But if we confess our sins, we will find forgiveness. Um, thoughts? Yeah. John deals in all of his books, first and third, and the Gospel of John, with absolute black and white. Right. It's either light or dark, life or death, heaven or hell, truth or lies. I mean, it, yes. he just deals with. The, the black and white yes. of, of all. So, that, so he, he carries that right on through the gospel here. Very good, yeah. Roy? Yeah, I thought about verse 6 and 7 and 8. It says, Do not follow us, and you must be born again. Yeah, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You tell me, this is not something you physically see. You can only see the results of the new birth. And when, when a person believes he's the Christ, the Son of living God, there's a change. There's a conversion, and there's a new creation. You can't see how this happens. It's spiritual. You can only see the results. Very good, very good. Yeah, and the kingdom um, is a is something that you, you're not going to be able to see this physical kingdom, but rather... You'll see the results of it. You'll see what happens when people completely change their lives. Raymond? Right? right, very good, yeah. Uh, let's stand and read um, the rest of the chapter here. Again, a bit comfortable. Um, verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out to the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them, and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Anon, near Salim, 
because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater, I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that He was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but His disciples. So He left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Okay, can you see Okay, what stood out to you in, in those verses? You got five minutes. There's still an argument between flesh and blood. They're still arguing about John's physical baptism versus what Jesus is offering up. And so I, I'm just convinced that Jesus spent his 30, first 30 years here trying to live as a man and learn how to do that. And in his life spirit, he's trying to teach the apostles how to live as a spirit, how, how to live a spiritual life. And so it, he, every time he talks, the apostles, some of them at least, are present to hear what he's saying. And he's trying to make, he, he's, he's dealing with mankind, but he, he isn't really here to save, he's here to save the world through his blood, but not teach the world, because he doesn't have the time to do that. He's trying to prepare them to teach the world what he's going to teach them. Right, so, so. Through that lens, it just changes the whole perspective for me. Yeah, good. So, so again, Jesus is still trying to push away from the, the fleshly and worldly and earthly things and the spiritual things and prepare his disciples for the spiritual revolution that he's going to bring about. Bob? Okay. Jesus, the other people, John, who were both baptizing, were the 
John baptizing, Jesus baptizing, Jesus growing, John said I should diminish. But that didn't stop him from baptizing. Even right. though, you know, Jesus uh, was growing, John still kept walking. Very good, yeah. Yeah. Um, just continuing to point people toward Jesus and toward the spiritual kingdom uh, where forgiveness of sin is what um, uh, makes you part of this kingdom. Citizens in the kingdom. Any last comments? We'll pick up on chapter 4 on Sunday.